listening to On The Road, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. Here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. On The Road is brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. And NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Here we are again with show number 163. Now, before we get started on the show today, I'd like to do a little bit of housekeeping first and explain a couple of things. These are questions that I've been emailed about or people have rung me up and asked about things that have been suggested I probably should clarify. When we first started doing this podcast, it was pretty much a a guest, Andy's music bit, whatever else we chose to talk about or look at for the day. We started doing the news over the last you know, three years or so we've been doing the show, it's evolved and uh, it's become certainly not what it was when it started anyway. So we now got the uh, live radio stream that we're doing and the two-hour show on Wednesday has sort of replaced what we have been doing as far as an interview goes on this pre-recorded show. Now, we still do do pre-recorded uh, interviews and you're going to have a couple coming up over the next couple of months. That will continue to happen from time to time, but it won't be the feature that it once was. Our live shows on Wednesday night seem as though they've taken that over. And our Saturday night show tends to be a little bit more lighthearted and uh, we get stuck into, you know, basically the cares of the week and just have a bit of banter about what's going on. So those two shows we've been putting into the podcast stream, live podcast, and as I said, You get the opportunity to call in if you want to and participate, and I encourage you to do that. Happy to talk about anything, happy to raise any issues that you may have. As the radio stream is growing, and it is growing, uh, we've decided to add a few more shows to that. There are going to be some more things coming up in future, and we won't be putting it all on the podcast stream. There's just not enough room for it. So I would encourage you to go to the App Store, and or Google Play or whatever your chosen poison is and download the app. Look for Australian On The Road Radio. Download the app and you can play it uh, while you've got mobile service anywhere in the country. Uh, that'd be fantastic if you wanted to do that. On the radio stream, we have news on the hour and we have regular shows that we're putting on. Obviously, the live shows get played when, they, when they're recorded live and we do replay them on the radio station but as we get less and less space for that sort of thing there's going to be more and more live content and as we get more sponsors we can pay for more live content and so it goes on our music library is being expanded all the time we hope that uh, there's something on there that you know would make you happy to listen to let us know what you'd like if you want to Email me, mike, at ontheroadpodcast.com.au will get me. Editor at truckandlife.net.au will get me. Ring me up, 0418722488. That'll get me. Uh, We're more than happy to discuss what we're doing. What we're trying to do is create a, a show, a radio station, that is for people driving around on the road, which we all are. We want to do live traffic reports. It was one of the things we set out to do right at the start. Unfortunately, doing that sort of stuff costs money and it takes time. And uh, as you're aware, uh, Yogi, Craig and I are all still driving. We're all still doing our work and it makes it a little bit hard to try and do things like you know, a regular 
five o'clock in the morning till nine o'clock in the morning radio show makes it a little bit tough. Please uh, tell us what you want and get on with it. Now, today's show, Hayden Scotter is with Andy for a bit of an interview. We've got a couple of his tracks. Obviously, we've got the news. We've got something to talk about with Bob again this week. And our uh, old friend, Queensland Rail, has returned to sponsor the show. Welcome back to Queensland Rail. So you'll be hearing a few of their ads. Now, the reason why they, they're doing it is that they know how many years we're getting into and they want to get their message about level crossing incidents and bridge strikes and things like that into the ears of everyone. It doesn't just apply in Queensland, it applies all over Australia. We do get into a lot of years where we're the number 17 trucking podcast worldwide now. Very, very proud of that achievement. And uh, according to the numbers, not our own numbers, uh, we're the number one trucking podcast in Australia. And I've got to thank all of our listeners for supporting us and helping us build that. Truck and Life magazine is at the printers. It will be out in store, in stores. It will be in stores. It will be in BP Roadhouses, uh, Rampage Road, Roadhouses, up and down the Yume Highway on the East Coast, Archerfield and uh, Melbourne, Maroolan, North and South Bound, a couple of others. Stay tuned for the exact locations, but there's eight Rampage Roadhouses where Truck and Life is going to be available. Of course, you can subscribe. That may well be the best way to do it. 60 bucks will get you four issues, and uh, that will be out on November 4, very, very soon. It's at the printers as we speak. Anyway, that's that. Let's get on with the show. Let's get this show on the road. Yes, get on with it. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. G'day, Andy here once again with some more fresh new Aussie homegrown music for you. Over the past few years, I've introduced you to Aussie artists you may or may not have heard of, but they've all had one thing in common. They've been out there plying their wares in the Aussie music industry, signed to labels, touring and performing around our wide brown land and making a name for themselves. This week, we're looking at homegrown music from a slightly different perspective, a grassroots look at music creation from a truly organic level. Now, once upon a time, if an artist wanted to make their own music, they had to spend a small fortune hiring recording studio time, employing sound engineers and producers, and even then they could only hope that someone somehow might get to experience their music and like what they heard enough to invest time and money into them to help kickstart their music career. How times have changed. These days we have professional quality digital recording programs at our fingertips on our home computers and getting your music out into the public is as simple as recording your precious songs in a quiet room at home and then uploading it onto one of the internet's many music streaming platforms. Sounds simple and to a large degree it is. 
Every man and his dog is having a crack at it. Having said that, I heard someone say in a TV ad recently, he's got all the gear and no idea. And this is true of many who decide this is the easy way for them to achieve fame and fortune. In amongst a plethora of wannabes, however, every now and then you stumble across someone who has a real gift, someone who writes brilliantly, is a masterful musician, and whose only desire is to give life to the incredible music they've created. Our guest this week is a prime example of this. Just a normal, everyday bloke living in a normal Brisbane suburb, but with an incredible talent for writing and recording his own songs, playing all the instruments himself, and painstakingly editing and producing his work until he had a finished quality album that a lot of known artists would have killed to have called their own. I was introduced to this guy by an old friend, and this week I'd like to introduce him to you. His name is Hayden Scotter, and before we meet him, let's hear a taste of some of his wonderful music. Hayden, thanks for joining us on the road. Hey, Andy, thanks for having me, man. Absolute pleasure. Mate, we were just listening to an excerpt of the track called Every Breath That You Draw, taken from your homegrown album titled Aboutism. What a great track and just a taste of the broad sonic landscape the album delivers. Now, I personally hate it when people try to put labels on music styles and box them up. Having said that, I've got to say, for me, I can hear echoes of the ethereal sounds of Pink Floyd at times, a hint of U2, a bit of Mark Knopfler and even our own Tommy Emmanuel, yet still a totally unique sound that's all your own. How would you personally describe your sound? Yeah, it's a question that I get asked quite a bit and always struggle to answer it, to be honest. As you said, there's some pretty definite influences in my sound, a lot of those guys that you mentioned, and it's pretty hard to escape that. All of those guys, I believe anyway, were trying to make music that was captivating sonically and lyrically. Mm. And they seem to have stood the test of time as well. Hopefully, in my own way, try to emulate that same philosophy. Yep. I guess if I was forced to categorise it, it's somewhere in the rock folk genre, maybe. Very cool. Now, playing all the instruments on the album yourself is testament to your natural talent, but your guitar work is really something special. I can only assume you've been playing for quite a while now. Yeah, thanks, mate. Oh, I'm pleased you like it. I think I picked up the guitar as a teenager. I'd already been playing a bit of piano and violin as a little kid, but th those things never really grabbed me. And, yeah. you know, I think I started to hear some really what I thought were great guitar heroes of the day, guys like David Gilmore and Mark Knopfler and that sort of stuff that just was sort of yelled at me through the radio to be listened to. Yeah. So I think I probably picked it up from those guys, and it's been you know, quite a few years now because I'm a little more than 27 now. Yeah. Well, I'd like to play another song here, and this one I believe is probably your most recent one. It's called Beautiful Land. It's absolutely magnificent. Where did the song come from? 
it's been around a while. I had the main guitar riff that you'll hear in it for a while and I was fiddling around with it and then added a digital delay to it and it just came alive. And it sort of had this immediate outback red dirt sort of Simpson Desert sort of feel to it. Yeah. And I played it to one of my mates and he said, oh, gee, that needs some didgeridoo on it. So I got some guys to play on that and it just grew into this fabulous driving experience, you know, that you put on in the car or the truck and turn it up and put it in top gear and away you go. And it has this real Australiana sort of feel to it. Yeah. But it also harks back to the sort of creation themes of how the earth might be explained. You know, there's lots of different myths around how that could be. And mm. with the digit, it sort of just seemed to have this beautiful land feel to it. Yeah. And that's how it ended up coming to be, really. Yeah. I was picturing someone sitting there in a massive road train out in the middle of nowhere just experiencing what the music will do for you. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully it'll become a good soundtrack for guys on the road. Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah, let's have a listen to it.
You touched, Hayden, before on your musical inspirations, those people whose work inspired you to want to make music yourself. Who were they? Name some names. Yeah, that's a great one. There's just so many great musical artists that grab my ear. And I think it goes back to being a little bloke. You know, I can remember driving with my dad one day in the suburbs of Melbourne and hearing the bass riff for money from Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Men. I'm sure you recognise that one. Permanently etched in the brain. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, and I just remember thinking, gee, that's about the coolest thing I've ever heard. I'd, I'd love to be able to do something like that one day. And you know, I picked up a guitar and as I got a bit older, I became really impressed with artists that talked about serious issues and probably those guys were Pink Floyd and Dire Straits and bands like Supertramp and Boston and, and Alan Parsons mm. who could really take you on a journey and I, I just loved the way that music that they'd created matched the lyrics so perfectly. And then, you know, there were obviously the more folk guys like Bob Dylan and then Bruce Coburn from Canada and and they were, and they're still geniuses expressing themselves lyrically. Yeah. So that really struck me, and I think I've been heavily influenced by those. But then there's, you know, other Australian bands, brilliant Australian bands like LRB and Midnight Oil and Hunters and Collectors and all those guys that leave a real enduring impression on me. Yeah. And all those guys, I think, probably just sparked something in me that made me feel like music is perhaps the best way to express yourself and connect with other people. Yeah. Which I think, you know, it's what it's really all about. Oh, for sure. The international language. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now, beyond the actual great playing that you've done along the way, you've obviously got an amazing ear for music. This album, you've recorded it yourself, you've played everything, you've engineered it, you've mastered it, you've called a few mates in to do a bit of vocal stuff here <laughs> and there. Yeah, I have, yeah. And it's all done essentially at home. Yeah. So what tips would you have for any of our listeners who've thought about maybe having a go at recording some of their own songs? Yeah, well, well, firstly, thanks for that. Appreciate it very much. I'd say definitely give it a go. I sat on some of these tunes for a long time, just sort of thinking, oh, what am I going to do with them? And had dabbled with going to a recording studio, but it just got prohibitively expensive and you'd never end up getting the thing you wanted. Mm. So I'd say to those other punters out there that are like me, they've got you know, a handful of tunes, give it a go. The modern computer software allows you to get really high resolution sounds that you could have only got at a studio, which of course, for most of us is out of reach if you've got a zero dollar budget like me. So, yeah. you know, it, it's incredibly rewarding to take an idea that you've been noodling around with in the lounge room and then be able to just use the computer and the software that's available to hear it back to you. And it really helps you see the possibilities for your tunes because it's not costing you anything other than your time to fiddle around with it. Yeah. And, you know, there's just so much great software out there that's pretty much largely intuitive to use and pretty easy to learn quickly. Mm. You can get a track down pretty rapidly before you lose patience with it. And that's probably the biggest tip I can give is to be patient with yourself and be prepared to keep hammering away at it until you start to hear what you imagine coming to life. Yeah. If you get stuck, just jump on YouTube. There's loads of really clever people who have tutorials that can help you on not just using the software, but how to get great sounds and make it sound professional. Mm. So I'd say to anyone out there, give it a crack. You'd be pleasantly surprised with what you can achieve. It Mate, if I can do it, anyone can. Yeah, for sure. And it's a great escape from the crap and reality that's going on at the moment as well. It's good that you mentioned that because one of the tunes on the album is called I'll Wait Outside and it sort of came about from a bit of a joke about blokes going shopping with their wives and they'd rather wait outside than go into a million shops. Oh, ain't that the but, truth. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually it became a comment on what you just mentioned, which is it's all just a bit too hard and I'd rather wait outside sometimes. Yeah. There are a lot of tunes that kind of reflect that feeling. Mm. Great call. 
Well, as I mentioned before, your Aboutism album contains a really broad spectrum of styles in the songs. Where can people go online to find the album and have a listen? Yeah, well, it can't just yet because it's in final production. There's a couple of little tweaks and things we need to get sorted, but it's very close. Mm. My aim was to have a CD available if people want a hard copy. I'm always a big fan of hearkening back to the old days of having a product in your hand. Yeah. So we'll have one of those available for people. Good. But I, I'm going to put it up on YouTube and Spotify or Apple Music pretty soon. So perhaps if I can let you know when that's released, and you could do me the honour of letting your listeners know. Wonderful. Absolutely. Well, stay tuned, guys. We'll let you know when that's hit. <laughs> Thanks, man. Our guest today has been musician, singer-songwriter and producer Hayden Scotter. Hayden, sadly we're out of time for now, but before we hear one more instrumental track drawn from the album, which is simply called 37, I believe this track has a special background story to it. Yeah, it does, and thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, look, my dad passed away when I was a little bloke, and he was only 37 and sadly succumbed to bowel cancer. Mm. So a bit of a plug for anyone out there that has that in the family, get yourself checked. Very good advice, mate. Hayden, thanks for coming out to play on the road with us today. Thanks for having me. Well, once more, here's Hayden Scotter with 37.
Kermy here from Trucking with Kermy. I listen to On the Road podcasts every week. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermy on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there. And in the meantime, take care of you. On the Road News is proudly brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Go to www.qr.com.au. Hi, Mike. Well, the referendum's over. The Australian cricket team has finally won a match. Can we get back to normal life again now? We can. Did they need counselling in the finish? <laughs> the Australians? Yeah. The cricket team? Yeah, I think <laughs> someone was saying that they're going to be able to get some counselling if the yes vote didn't get up. No, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I was, was that just someone having a, having a lend? Uh, I wouldn't, for one minute, doubt that'd be factual. I think there was quite a few people that needed counselling, apparently. But anyway, I mean, they said that they were going to have a week of silence, mate. I'm still waiting for them to shut up. They haven't stopped crying. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. And then, and then, just to just to show you how much our vote's worth, mm. all the state premiers are now wanting to push through their own little bit of state legislation now. Yeah. Yeah. That you know, I mean, just the, the Australian Australian people just resoundingly said no, hmm. but but the state premiers were just going to go off and do their own thing, just like they did through COVID. Yeah, you know, yep. no, no, we, you don't know what you want, people. You don't know what you want. It's all about what we want. We know better than you. How paternalistic is that shit? Well, right. I think this this one might come back to bite them, mate. This, that's a bit of foot shooting, as far as I'm concerned. You reckon? I reckon. I reckon. Well, to say, well, you know, you've had your say, but we don't care. Mm. You know, I think that's yeah. that's playing with fire. Anyway, yeah, well, I hope they, I, I hope they are playing with fire. I hope they just get a little bit singed as a result of it. But, but our uh, friend Marcia Langdon has promised us no more welcome to countries. So. Oh, terrible, terrible. Hmm. See like, how long that lasts. Yeah, it won't last five minutes. Mm. The whole thing's just a bloody industry. You know what I find? You know what I find the most disturbing development politically in the last week. No, I'm intrigued that you can find one that's more disturbing than the others. But go on. No, oh, well, this 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 one probably just just sort of solidifies the hypocrisy of the whole thing, right? Hmm. I mean, we had the no vote because they wanted a voice. Right? Yes. We, we've said we've had no. We voted no. Yeah. And then Jacinta Price went into the Senate and asked for an investigation into what's going on. Yep. And the Labor Party, the Greens, and this clown Pocock voted it down. Mm. To me, that just demonstrates the hypocrisy of the whole thing. Yeah. Because, you know, why would you not want to answer those questions? Yep. And uh, I watched what Senator Price had to say. Now, there are people out there that say she's captured and she's uh, some sort of a, oh, I don't know, uh, a stick insect being held up by the UN and all that sort of thing. I've seen all that on social media about her. Yeah. I, I don't know if I buy any of that. No. Um, but for me, uh, we've never needed another voice for the Indigenous people. What we need is a bloody audit mm. uh, to get to the bottom of where all these billions of dollars go. I mean, yep. can someone please explain to me why Mr Pearson, on his meagre salary, happens to be worth $55 million? I don't understand yeah. that. It doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. Anyway, on to trucking stuff. It's not politics, mate. It's trucking. Yeah, let's, let's stick with let's, that. Let's do trucking. So what trucking news are we not going to talk about? 
there's a lot of stuff that we're not going to talk about. We're not going to talk about this Eastern Freeway upgrade in Melbourne. Apparently, that's going to come to life. What that mm. really means is they're just going to stuff the traffic up for six months and get nowhere. But anyway, uh, New South Wales is joining everyone else. They're going to get the uh, cameras to monitor the seatbelts as well as the phone cameras. We're not going to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. Transport Women Australia have opened another round of yet another round of scholarships for female truck drivers because it's harder for them to get into the industry than anyone else, apparently. Yeah. The High Court have handed down a ruling on Victorian electronic vehicles. That is the breaking news that we're going to talk about after the news. I'm going to am going to talk about that one, mate. Okay. Good. Well, you know I love talking about electric vehicles. Oh, mate, I know how excited you get. I can just I will sit here with bated breath until we get to that one. <laughs> right. Uh, well, buddy, I, I took a bit of a leaf out of your book this week and I've been doing a bit of surfing around the internet. Right. Eh? Which is always quite amusing for a bloke of my age. But anyway, yep, yep, old yep. dogs, new tricks. Why yep, not? Yep. Now, I don't know if you've seen it, but I came across an Aussie tourism website uh, and I can't for the life of me remember the name of it, but apparently it's quite well known for its sense of humour. Right. And it's rather low tolerance threshold for stupid questions <laughs> that come through it. Uh, and there was an example of a, a, a would-be wannabe American tourist who wanted to come over here and emailed this question to the website and said, can you please give me information about hippo racing in Australia? Yep. So they replied to him, well, Africa is the big triangle-shaped continent south of Europe. Yep. Australia is the big island in the middle of the Pacific, which yep. does not have any... Oh, forget it. Sure, the hippo racing is every Tuesday night along Oxford Street and King's Cross, come naked. <laughs> so, so shortly, a second email came from the same American and it read, thank you for your reply. Could you also please advise me of the Vienna Boys Choir concert schedule? Back went the reply, Austria is the quaint little country bordering Germany, which is, uh, right. never mind. Sure, the v Vienna Boys Choir plays every Tuesday night on Oxford Street, King's Cross, right after the hippo races, come naked. <laughs> <laughs> now, I just seriously want to believe that's true. Because oh, it yeah, yep. It works. I think, I, I think I've seen that, uh, that page, I think. Mm. It's wonderful stage. stuff. Oh, mate, yeah, nothing like it. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Americans, a man in the USA, Mike, has just copped a $1.4 million fine for driving at 35 miles an hour over the speed limit. Yep. The report said that the driver was astounded. Not really surprising. Yeah. Well, perhaps you should bear in mind that next time you're doing 144 Ks in a 90K zone. <laughs> it's just outstanding, isn't it? Hmm. A $2.2 million ticket. The ripper. Connor Cato driving home through Savannah on September the 2nd in Georgia. Hmm. The State Highway Patrol lit him up with the angry lights. <laughs> <laughs> Came up behind him. Oh, mate. Apparently, uh, he, he got onto the court. He said, this has got to be a typo. And the lady told him that, that, that it wasn't a typo. Hmm. Uh, she says, no, sir, you'll either pay the fine, you'll pay the amount on the ticket, or you'll have to come to court on December the 21st at 1.30pm, she said. Um, he was a little bit aggravated by that, I expect. Criminal yeah. defence lawyer Snay Patel said that he'd never seen such a high fine for a misdemeanour. No surprise. <laughs> it's eye-watering, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, the truth is, the truth is that uh, luckily for our mate Mr Cato, the massive price is actually a placeholder, so mm. there's no there's no fine. So when someone's radically over the speed limit in the state of Georgia, 
they have to go to court. Yep. So this figure is generated by the uh, software that they use mm. and it is to encourage people to attend the court and get, mm. their, get their penalty. I'm sure if I was going to be fined 1.2, Three million or one point four million US dollars. I think I might turn up for court as well. Uh, the judge sets aside that fine and he awards another one, which cannot exceed one thousand dollars plus the mandatory costs and all that sort of thing. That sounds a little bit more right. Yeah, sounds a little bit more relevant. Yeah, the program is designed to software that uses the largest number possible because super speeder tickets are a mandatory court appearance and do not have the fine amount attached to them when mm. issued by the police. So they want to make sure these people come to court. And the best way to do that is give them a massive fine. Of course, if you were, I don't know, uh, the Donald or uh, Mr. Bezos or someone like that, you could probably just pay the fine out of your centre console change. You wouldn't think twice, no. And and, and be done with it. No, I'm not going to go to court for that. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, no, I just thought I, I saw that story and I was wildly amusing. I know it's not an Australian story, but, I mean, can you imagine, <laughs> can you imagine what the answer would be? There was a fellow just on this. There was a fellow caught in the roadwork zone in a B double on the M7 the other night doing mm. 94 in a 40 zone. Mm. Wow. Um, he, he'll be walking for six months. Yeah. So they were doing some roadworks around the M7. Yeah. And uh, of course, I have driven around the M7 of a night time. Like you could fire a shotgun up the M7 at night time and not hit anything. Hmm. And uh, they they love to put the signs out for slow, slowing the speed down for like kilometres and kilometres and kilometres before they need to. Of course. So he's obviously got a little bit bored with the whole thing and sort of started to step it up again, hmm. uh, only to be nabbed by the highway patrol. Yes, you shouldn't be doing 90 kilometres in a 40 zone. Yes, there probably were some road workers on there somewhere. Hmm. Um, but at the same time, you do have to have a little bit of sympathy for the guy. Hopefully he won't cop a fine worth a couple of million anyway. Well, it's going to be walking for six months. Yeah. It's not worth a couple of million, but it might put a dent in his bank balance. Who knows? Well, I followed up on that story of the American dude. Apparently he is okay. Is he? Yeah, and he was seen last Tuesday night on Oxford Street and King's Cross watching the hippo <laughs> racing. And <laughs> the hippo racing. <laughs> the Vienna Boys Choir stark naked. Yeah. Was, yeah, no, excellent. Lovely work. Mm-hmm. Good to hear. In order that necessary repairs can be carried out to the Tarot Rail Bridge in New South Wales, traffic restrictions will be enforced for at least four weeks. Drivers have been warned. Four weeks. Another four weeks of traffic mayhem at mm. the Tarot Bridge for some mm. necessary works to repair the bridge. Look, we all appreciate that the infrastructure needs to be repaired. Uh, and the reason why we are talking about this is because you really are going to need to try and plan an alternate route Mm. or be aware that if your vehicle is 5.2 metres tall or wider than 7.5 metres, you have no choice but to indulge in the mayhem because there is no other route around it. Yeah. Uh, Trackies are advised that the uh, restrictions are going to remain in place for at least another four weeks in order to carry out the work. Transport for New South Wales Director of the Northern Region, Anna Zicky, said that the unexpected and urgent step mm. of closing lanes on the Tarot Rail Bridge in Newcastle is taken into account because of the safety measure required for all road users. They plan to get this work done as quickly as possible. The bridge is 
also closed to Class 1 and any other vehicles weighing more than 69 tonnes. So you really do need to have a bit of a think about it if you fall into those PBS categories or mm. anything like that. Make sure that you know what you're doing and check your permits. There are restricted heavy vehicle detour arrangements by the Newcastle Inner City Bypass and the Newcastle uh, Link Road. Go to the Transport for New South Wales website for further information. And they are apologising for any inconvenience and land restrictions are causing and thank road users and the local community for their patience as they do everything they can to ensure everyone completes their journeys safely. Mm. There you go. Well, maybe you better take a pack of cards with you if you do fall into that category because you might be playing some patience. <laughs> Perhaps a pack of tarot cards. Ah. Oh, yeah. Ah. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Outstanding. Go you. Yeah. Mike, in a bid to help road train drivers and operators understand maximum road train speed limits, as specified by state legislation, the NHVR has launched a streamlined user-friendly webpage to replace the National Road Train Notice Operator Guide. How good are they? Yeah. I mean, isn't that brilliant that they can do that? They can go ahead and do that? Streamlined and user-friendly. Hmm, from the Hmm. National Heavy Vehicle Regulator. What I find the most amusing, without you know, just to diverge off on a bit of a side path here for a moment. Not like you. Not at all like me. The no. National Heavy Vehicle Regulator has no control over the speed limits, right? They mm. don't set the speed limits. That's all done by the states. Mm. So they're determined by state and territory road authorities. The National Heavy Vehicle Regulator doesn't make the laws. They only enforce them. Mm. So... There's a, there's a lot to unpack there. There really is. The actual speed limit road trains on any given road is always the lesser of the state or the territory road limit, notice conditions, permit conditions, network road conditions, or posted speed limit. Now, you're expected to be able to, as a driver, work out what that is. Yeah. And they wonder why people get confused. Here's the important bit of information. Yeah. Things that are regarded as road trains are B-triples or... A combination other than a B-double, consisting of a motor vehicle towing at least two trailers, excluding a converter dolly supporting a semi-trailer. That includes PBS vehicles that meet the definition, including PBS A-doubles. So let's not hear any more of this BS from our A-double alphabet road train characters saying that their vehicles aren't road trains. The laws actually say that they are and they are required to follow the same speed limits. Mm. Unlike the ones I've seen on the Yume Highway tooling along at 100, they're only supposed to be doing 90. Mm. So there you go. Mm. Don't cry when you get caught, boys. The fine will be eye-watering. Indeed. The take-home message here for everyone is that this webpage is out there now. You find it at the uh, NHVR's website. You have a bit of a look. Edify yourself what the state speed limits are. The short story of it is, though, if you're doing 90 or less in a posted spin limit area, you're probably going to be pretty right. 100 kilometres an hour west of Port Augusta or north of Port Augusta, uh, and you'll be pretty right there too. Hmm. There you go. That's how complicated it is. Very good. Well, mate, I've been holding my breath all this time. Uh, let's hear your breaking news. Beep, 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 beep. There you go. It just doesn't have the same excitement that it used to have, does it? It doesn't. Well, you want me to do it again? Yeah, that's all right. We got it. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. 
There's two bits of breaking news today. Okay. Right, no, let me do the first one first. This is the one that I didn't tell you about. Always a good way to go. Old mate Stephen Young hmm. has been awarded the Bridgestone Bandag Highway Guardian Award for saving another driver's life by pulling him out of a burning truck. Good on him. Uh, his actions uh, were selfless. It takes a little bit of uh, takes a little bit of courage to run into danger when everyone's running the other way. Yeah. And uh, so he put himself at risk and and saved this guy's life, and then you know made sure that he was all right uh, in the days following by giving him a uh, you know giving his company a ring and making sure everyone was fine. A selfless act. The ATA's association chair, David Smith, congratulated uh, Stephen and saying his actions that night follow up were selfless, and we're delighted to present you with this accolade, the Bridgestone Bandag Highway Guardian Award. So mm. congratulations, mate. That is a great thing. Yeah. thing of it is, is that uh, it takes a little bit of guts. Mm, it sure does. Very happy with that one. Mm. Now. Electric trucks, Mike. Well, electric. <laughs> well, it's not so much electric trucks, electric vehicles. Oh, okay. In Victoria, they set up this lovely little uh, road user charge where they're going to start pinging the electric vehicles because they're not getting any fuel excise out of them anymore. Hmm. Right? So they're using the power instead of the petrol. And so the Victorian government thought, we've got to start clawing some of that money back because all the lefties in Victoria are all got buying their Teslas. Mm. Uh, and they were charging that money you know, irrespective of where you went. It was a, it was a, a two cents per kilometre charge wherever you went uh, off your speedo. So they were, they were set to rake it in. The High Court has ruled uh, that uh, law is it's illegal to do that. They can't do it. It falls into the category of an excise and state governments cannot levy excises. Mm. It's all it's all in the wording. Mm. All in the wording. The ruling applies to all electric light commercial vehicles, leaving transport workers free of usage taxes as well as cars. So there's nothing inherently wrong with road user charges, they said. However, they should be not calibrated to take up the use of electric vehicles. The High Court have said, no, you can't do it. Mm. The uh, people are thrilled by the uh, the judgment. They'll work out another way to get it, though. Oh, of course they will. They get yep. it that. Yeah. So there you go. That's the breaking of beep, 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 breaking news. There you go. Certainly there worth you. waiting for. Thank you, Mike. It was worth waiting for. I thought so. Yeah. Well, that's us done then. It is done. Bit of a yeah. short news today. Bit of a short one. Bit of a short one. Well, a thought for the week, all the same. Hit me. From the genius of Mark Twain comes this little gem. And he said if voting made any real difference, they wouldn't let us do it. That's exactly right. Evidence what our premiers are doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Yep. Right, oh, mate. Thank you very much for that. Absolute pressure. And Always a joy. We'll catch up with you later. Onward and upward. Right, oh, bud. See you in the suit. Thanks, mate. See ya. Got you go. Mate, we're coming up to that level crossing we were talking about before. Looks like we're going to be stopping. Roger that. Look at the size of that thing. They tell me they take about two k's to stop. That's like 20 times the length of the MCG. We'd want to be playing chicken with that. Yeah, copy that. They can't exactly swerve either, can they? They're stuck to the track, mate. <laughs> it's not that hard to wait till it's safe to cross and make sure the road's clear on the other side. 
Yeah, not like that bloke last week who forgot about the length of his trailer. Yeah, I heard about that one. It's not really funny though when you think about it. Poor old train driver, probably been having nightmares ever since. Yeah, I reckon. We're all in the same boat really, mate. Everyone just wants to get home safe at the end of the day. Yeah, not wrong on that one. There goes the last carriage. Looks like we're safe to head off now. Thanks, Mike. Long way to go. After you, old mate. This is a message from Queensland Rail reminding us that it's important to stay alert and obey any signs and signals when approaching level crossings to help keep you and everyone else safe. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au. Hi there, this is Bob McMillan. Uh, I received an email uh, a few days ago from my good mate Andrew Stewart highlighting a story on the ABC about caravans and uh, the hazards they present to people new to the job and everything else. The key points out of the story were that 90% of caravans and campers have been found to be overweight in Queensland. 90%? I'm not making this up. It's in black and white in front of me. Uh, as we all know, overweight vehicles can be a safety risk and void insurance and owners are being urged to attend education events being held across the state. Well, that's all very interesting. And then the uh, Caravan Trade and Industries Association chief executive has had a bit to say here and he's saying how registrations have increased by more than 20% in the past five years and he agrees that it's probably about 90% that are overweight. But the interesting thing is, and we, we don't hear much about this unless a story like this comes out, is that there's been 1,800 crashes in Queensland involving a, a re recreational vehicle, like be it caravan or motorhome or camper van, between 2015 and 2022, with 51 deaths and 1,300 hospitalisations. It doesn't tell us how many of our mates in trucks were taken out or were involved in these accidents, but uh, as I've said before, 80% of uh, truck drivers involved in accidents just were unfortunate enough to be there at the time. And, um, yeah, I don't know how we uh, find who to blame or what to blame for a lot of it, but um, we certainly need to look into it more because uh, we need to, work, as an industry, work on the 20% we are responsible for, but... Uh, all the other road users need to be pulled into uh, into gear and taken and, and have account taken of their responsibilities on the road because they all think they've got a right to be there and if someone gave them a licence or someone told them they can tow something without a licence, which is another story, uh, if they've got a right to be there, they've got a, res a responsibility to be there in a safe and responsible manner. The system lets us down, I think. But anyway, let's have a look at this 90% business. Now, it's only talking about Queensland, so we'll go with Queensland numbers first. There's 193,000 caravans and uh, motorhomes uh, registered in Queensland for the best of uh, the best of the figures I can find. So that means if 90% of them are overloaded, there's 173,700 unsafe vehicles on the road. Obviously, they're not all on the road at the same time because some are in the sheds and everything else but in the course of say a 12 month period if we've got 173,700 vehicles heading up and down the road overloaded or unsafe for any reason that's a scary statistic and if we take it forward to uh, heavy vehicles there's 24,000 articulated heavy vehicles registered in Queensland 
So if 90% of them were overloaded, that would amount to 21,600 overloaded and potentially unsafe trucks on the road. Now imagine the hue and cry from everyone, from the top down or from the bottom up, if that became, if that was an actual statistic or an actual event and became known. You would not be able to move within this industry for task force members and NH, they'd be, they'd be doubling the staff at NHBR and buying more portables and everything else if that news came out. But here we are with 173,700 unsafe recreational vehicles heading around the country, heading around the state, and uh, the best we can suggest is that they go and get themselves educated. Well, I think there's an argument there that they need more than educating. They need prop- they need educating before they even hit the road, not after the event. And... Uh, they need to be able to justify their education and prove it through a licensing system. The issue is that no politician's going to touch it and no bureaucrat's going to advise that they do or even a consultant because there's 800,000, you know, there's over 800,000 recreational vehicles in Australia. So who wants to put the noses out of joint of 800,000 potential votes around the country? Much, bit, much better to keep offending and, and discriminating against the 120,000 trucks or the 24,000 in Queensland for that matter. So uh, the numbers have it for the caravans and recreational vehicles, but the statistics are scary. Someone ought to do something. I think we could really start by talking to our local members about this and saying, well, what do you intend to do? Because I know of a story some six or seven years ago out at Winton where a a sergeant out there who was concerned by some of the caravan crashes and realised that overweight had a bit to do with it. Uh, he started having a little campaign out there and when a heap of uh, tourists uh, complained to uh, their caravan association and then representations were made to uh, the state government, um, the uh, the sergeant at Winton was told to back off. So uh, they're obviously concerned about the numbers. It doesn't matter about the rest of the vehicles on the road as long as the trucks are safe. Like how, you know, what kind of discrimination would you call that? It's about time that uh, everyone on the road realised their responsibilities and were held to it. I've done another trip to Brisbane and back as part of my uh, uh, program for my health health issues this year. No police presence on the road. Cameras don't reduce road tolls. People just get resentful when they get something in the mail. But you see a police, you know, I, I see it here in Cardwell. You don't see a police vehicle up and down the street all day and... Uh, Hardly anyone is observing the speed limit, apart from probably the locals and, and the odd straggler. But uh, the minute there's a police car in town, they're all backed off. And then, of course, uh, there needs to be a lot more random dr- drug and alcohol testing on the roads too, and uh, that seems to be uh, behind, in my view anyway, behind some of the unexplained accidents, whether they're recreational vehicles or not. So anyway, that's, uh, that's the caravan subject done and dusted for today. The only other thing I would like to talk about one other matter. There's a uh, a push from the um, Transport WA and the Northern Territory uh, Road Freight Association. They're uh, they're concerned about um, and rightfully so. They're concerned about bushfire warnings for for heavy vehicles uh, around the country, and they want to set up a better system. Uh, and the the headline that I have here in front of me is. Uh, uh, there's a call for National Freight Route Alert System as massive Northern Territory bushfires continue. They're saying here, the lessons learned during the 2020 air highway fires, and again being learnt by the Barclay Highway fires, is that early advice has to be given to interstate operators that a road is closed due to a fire or a flood incident, said uh, WRF CEO Ken. 
dumb as me. Um, currently, all systems are state-based, leading to some interstate drivers arriving at or near incident sites. A national system enabling earlier incident advice to interstate drivers may enable them to consider alternative plans. Well, that's that's all well and good, and um, it's a very, very positive suggestion. But the one thing that would uh, need to be sorted out before this could be properly implemented, in my view, would that something needs to be done to make sure that there's proper and reasonable radio range for our communication systems on all the national highways. You can't even drive up and down the New Pacific Highway between Sydney and Brisbane and have reliable phone range all the way. And some of the new sections, there's some very, very uh, significant areas where you don't have any reception. It's a, it's, it's a, a matter of national importance and national safety that uh, Telstra who, or whoever, all the, all the service providers being held to account and make sure that we have better communication so people can be warned in time. Like I remember the, you know, when the, uh, the fires between Kilgardie and Southern Cross took a heavy loss of life a few years ago in WA and, you know, there were heaps of us held up at Norseman and, and not knowing what to do and um, then some unfortunate wrong advice came and it cost lives and property and, and all sorts of hardship and sadness. Any improvement in warning systems has to be a good thing. And I, uh, I, I commend Cam and, and Louise for getting together on this. And I just hope that, one, the industry, the other associations, everyone involved, take notice and get behind it. And I hope that uh, the service providers for our communication systems realise that they have a responsibility in all this, in all this and uh, that we can see better times and better warning systems and uh, a safer environment for us all. And even the caravans and motorhomes would benefit from that because uh, they get caught out in these situations too. So anyway, that's, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Catch you later. To take us out of this week's show, it's our music guest Hayden Scotter with one more track from his home-recorded and produced album. It's a fun acoustic instrumental simply called Lemons and Limes.
On the Road is brought to you by Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. And NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Until next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions.